Hello, everyone. This is Mackenzie Bean with the Becker's Healthcare Women's Leadership Podcast. Today, I am pleased to be joined by Helen Figge, who is the Chief Strategy Officer at MedicaSoft. Helen, thank you so much for being here today. How are you doing? Great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. Of course. It's great to have you here. To kick things off, can you introduce yourself and remind our listeners a bit about your background? I am the Chief Strategy Officer for MedicaSoft, which is a provider of cloud-based solutions and health information technology services that have HL7 Fire Standard data platform with capabilities for advanced reporting and analytics. Um, We have a comprehensive patient and provider portal, and I am a pharmacist um, by trade. So I'm very excited to chat with you today about women and our opportunities in healthcare technologies. Of course, and we are excited to have you here and tap into some of your expertise in, in the realm of healthcare technology. So with that in mind, I'm curious from you, what are you most excited about right now relating to trends and innovation and its role in the healthcare industry? So I think we certainly have enough technology trends in play today in our lives um, and that with the pretense that these innovative technologies can help further automate and extend things that we previously had to be uh, done by hand and by other people's services and only offered in certain environments like hospital settings. But this landscape is really changing and it's ever evolving. So the trends that are exciting right now to me are those that are trying to get people in touch with their wellness. Um, The various wearable technology and apps that, for instance, track a person's health and the health-based technologies in the home from CPAP machines for sleep apnea to the no-prick options for blood glucose testing, which make it much easier than ever before to address a person's health care needs right at their fingertips, right at home without having to visit a doctor's office. So, you know, this in turn removes many of the excuses we once saw in healthcare leaving one less variable out of the equation to ensure optimal healthcare delivery and best practices. I'm convinced that we really need to focus on wellness and the wellness side of ourselves and those technologies out there that keep better track of our bodies because um, as we become fit and more successful in our health overall, that plays long-term benefits to all of us. Healthier individuals are less burdensome to, to our healthcare um, infrastructure, and that only benefits us all because our healthcare delivery system is already fragile. You're so right. It seems like a lot of these technologies will really hopefully enable people to, you know, take more control of of their own health and, and really move it in the right direction. Not to mention, as you said, having that more convenient, comfortable healthcare experience. So clearly a ton of benefits and and so much excitement for the future. But let's talk about the flip side of that. What challenges are you seeing right now relating to innovation and technology and healthcare? And how are you preparing for them over the next few years? Well, 
it seems obvious that the technologies are continually advancing. And it is going to really be harder to ensure that each um, iteration of any given technology will achieve its claim to fame and to deliver that claim to fame without having to be continuously upgraded. And supporting well-being and empowering people to care for themselves and their family is something computers already are doing very well for us. But as patients become empowered, this new type of communication of information that we're offering through these technologies oftentimes set unrealistic expectations, which further put pressure on our healthcare ecosystem. When these individuals, for example, need to be seen by a real-life healthcare person, and we have a healthcare shortage, um, and that probably is adding to what I see as a pandemic of rudeness in healthcare today. People can't wait. They're impatient. Um, they're aggressive in certain environments, and it never was like that before. Also. I feel that the internet is very problematic. And why I say that is because there's really no consistent way anyone can distinguish facts and fiction or you know, how patients can distinguish reasonable treatments versus snake oil hocus pocus. So I get very nervous, for example, when a red box pops up and asks me a question about the source of what I'm reading, but some may not be as questioning as those red flags that are alluded to me of an article I'm reading because they believe it is genuine source that's already been flushed out on the internet, which is not the case. And I think that's very, very concerning. I am also somewhat concerned about the limits of AI in medicine because there is no replacement for the human side of medicine. It's the surveillance, the social variables, like the inaccuracies due to, you know, lack of, of human logic and security risks, just to name a few in AI today. So healthcare is relying too much on AI to read us versus the clinician learning skills to correctly diagnose and treat. And I have a great example firsthand uh, about an AI program that I actually experienced, I was taking a medication short term and I came down with a rash coincidentally. I went to the doctor and it was a raised and slightly itchy rash. To me, it looked like the beginnings of poison ivy, which I used to get when I was a Girl Scout in Girl Scout camp. So I went to the doctor and the doctor stated the rash was caused by a medication I was taking based on the electronic record algorithm. So they immediately discontinued the medication based on the AI component and the analytics that they put in the symptoms I was having and was prescribed a more expensive medication. So I happened to see an old friend that used to go to Girl Scout camp with me the next day and she saw my rash and she said, Deepers, you have a wicked case of poison ivy." And I immediately called the doctor back canceled the more expensive medication that needed prior authorization, went back to my original prescription and treated my poison ivy the old-fashioned way. The rash went away in a timely manner. 
I finished the course of the medicine and I saved myself an awful lot of extra unnecessary cost of the medicine, all because of a technology program that said I had something, but I didn't. And I needed that human factor analysis to say, nope, that is not a drug-induced rash. That is poison ivy. And yes, you can get poison ivy in March. So this is a great example of how if we rely too much on AI and remove the human factor, because AI cannot think like a human's logic. We can't figure out every known scenario. And there's always that one scenario that slips through, as in the case here. And that's what is a concern to me of we must train the art of healthcare and then use these other technologies as supplements, not vice versa. Absolutely. I think that's such a great example of the reminder that you still need a human side of medicine and an over-reliance on AI can potentially to over-treatments or increase healthcare costs. So thank you for sharing that. I know you've had such a successful career, as you mentioned, as both a pharmacist and a healthcare technology leader. So for all of our listeners out there, I'm curious to hear from you, Helen, what advice do you have for aspiring female leaders in various healthcare spaces, including technology and its innovation in support of healthcare today? Well, you have to realize what you know and what you don't know. And I think my claim to fame has been the ability to learn things I was not familiar with. I gravitated to Becca's many, many years ago to learn unbiased information and education and uh, the worldly thoughts of where healthcare could be going. So I really, um, you know, send kudos to Becker's educational platforms that really helped me grow as a an executive. And I tell every woman, every person, first you have to be yourself. Let others worry if they can deal with you or not. But you must be ethical, fair, non-judgmental, but passionate about your ideals and the vision of who you are, and always keep your eyes and ears in tune with your surroundings all the time. Don't follow trends because they come and go, but learn from them. And don't be afraid to try new skills and expand the skill set that makes you feel uncomfortable. The rest falls into place, but at the end of the day, first be yourself. Because there's no single pathway for any one person. And people rely on mentors and allies, and and that's fantastic. But at the end, there's only one of you. And you've got to learn what your passions are. And then learn the skills that you need to improve to exercise your passions. Wonderful. Well, I think those are great words of wisdom to end on. So Helen, thank you so much for your time and and joining us on the podcast today. It has been such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. Of course. And for our listeners, please stay tuned for more episodes featuring great industry experts. Thank you all so much for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.